The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too been talking about not doing an intro yeah yeah riddle me piss boys stop no come on 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 i'm actually i am i've been editing this show for 10 fucking years without complaint uh-huh. i'm not going to I, I i simply won't allow this to happen like i can i'm playing the card that i feel like i am owed yeah for that extra work and saying like that this won't this yeah, won't be yeah, a show you no know, yeah i know i know but riddle me piss boys Justin, can you make Justin? Will you talk to him? My name is Justin McRoy. My brother, my brother meets an advice show for the Imagineer. I'm your oldest brother, Justin Justin McRoy. I'm the Riddle Master. That's I'm I'm a sweet baby brother, uh, Griffin McRoy. And Travis, can I say something? You're obviously trying to be quiet so as not to wake up a young person, and so like, yeah, there's something even fucking worse worse about him. It's worse. It's worse. It's worse. It's worse. He's it's, like he's in my ear. I hate my, it. Me piece needs riddled. No, that's nothing. That's riddle nothing. me piece, piece me riddles. We've never really got in, into what that title means, but does the riddle master riddle urinate in some sort of bowl that then we're supposed to splash around? What's up with that, Trav? When you get the answer correct, I piss a little. Okay, sweet, man. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. Now I'm on board. This one was sent in uh, by Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. If a chicken says all chickens are liars, is the chicken telling the truth? No. Next question. Well, I'm going to say yes. So certainly we've (laughs) broken your spell, right? Because he said no and I said yes. So the spell is broken. One of the correct answers is out there. Answer, chickens cannot talk. That's actually a pretty good riddle. That's actually a good riddle. Is it? Is oh, it? Because yeah, that yeah, seems, that no, seems now, like if you Trav- said you, you walk up to two statues and one statue says, one of us always tells the lie and one of us always tells the truth. And I'm like, oh, I think the one on the right. And you're like, no, fuck you. Statues don't talk, idiot. Yeah, bud. That's a good solution to the riddle because it's a little <laughs> brain twisty. And Trav, can I say something? This bit is fucking dead and you just killed it because that was a good he, riddle. And now because you're the chickens asshole. cannot talk is a good... Maybe no, I think I want to call bullshit because if you... If you say if in the riddle, you are creating a reality in which this supposition is true. If then, right? Mm -hmm. So it would be like me saying, if my Buick got into a car, a crash, no, would it still be drivable? And then you like thought about it. And then I would say, ah, the correct answer is I don't have a Buick. And it's like, okay, but. We've already established the framework in which the if is true. Thank you. So the if assumes that the chicken is talking. What I don't... it should say is, if a chicken says all chickens are liars, is the chicken telling the truth? Answer, chickens cannot talk, and you should probably seek help. 
Like that, that, then, then what you've established is I know that you think that that chicken said all chickens are liars, but my friend, chickens cannot talk and I'm worried about you. Can I, can, can I just dip in here real quick to assuage the audience's fears and concerns and say that, that just, well, you're going to assuage the audience's fears and concerns. I'm going to go take a nap. I'll be back in 45 minutes. Once you address all these concerns. Justin does have a Buick. He's always talking about his big, beautiful Buick Enclave. And I just, and I know people when they said, when Justin said that, you were like, wait a minute, has he been lying about his incredible Buick Enclave this whole time? And I just want you to know that was, Justin, say, say psych. Psych. Thank Thank you. you. All of that fan art would have gone to waste. Of you riding around in your big fucking Buick, hanging out the beautiful Buick. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant the fan art where people drew Justin as a big, beautiful Buick Enclave. Oh, that's Any cool. fan art in yeah. which I am not depicted behind the wheel of my big, beautiful Buick Enclave is actually non-canonical. Yeah. It is only canonical if I'm like in, in, in the Buick Enclave with tunes blasting. Yeah. And sure. I, I got the pedal to the uh, uh, sort of halfway to the metal yeah, at a safe speed. safe speed. Yeah. I and saw you, a piece. You have, I a, saw. you have a cold brew waiting for you at home. Yes. Where you will not be driving. And that's hard to depict of an object yep. that, that is that far away. But Juice, one time on Tumblr, I saw you driving a Chevy Cruze and Ooh. I reported it. I yeah, reported it and the user, jail now. The user yeah. was promptly arrested. Yeah, I love I love driving my big beautiful Buick. Yeah, we you know, know. One thing I do is that I leave the passenger side airbag inflated so I can sleep in there. Because oh, I cool. never want to leave it. Yeah, it's nice. That's Your family fucking... does miss you, by the way. Um, My family should be a Buick. But Sydney called me and, and told me to ask you to please come inside from the garage. You've just well, been recording in the Buick and eating in the Buick. And Well, well does Sydney have a Hemi? <laughs> you know, I haven't asked. Does she go honk honk when she talk? No. No. She get 18 City 26 Highway? No. no. Is she a mid-sized luxury SUV? No, she's not my beautiful view. What would you say, just to guesstimate, Sydney's towing capacity is? Is it fifteen hundred oh pounds? Is it fifteen hundred oh, no, pounds? Even close. Probably There's not. No way. Maybe twelve hundred. Just another way in which. Sydney doesn't really measure up to the 2020 Buick Enclave. I love my children, but uh-huh. what they don't have is a refined powertrain. That's true. That yeah. is going to give you a gentle ride. They have very little space for cargo also. But Justin, can your Buick give you a hug? Uh, you're missing the point, oh, Travis. You don't understand, Travis. The Buick has the smart slide second row that makes room for all the big groceries <laughs> Justin buys every week. Yeah. <laughs> Do my did my kids get called by US News and World Report a car? They did it, right? <laughs> so no, they're not a car. They're not my big beautiful car. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, cool. <laughs> the 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 worry the saddest irony is I bought this big beautiful Buick Enclave to tow my family around. Yeah, right. But the Buick Enclave became a found family for me. I have connected myself to it in every available porthole and sort of orifice car yeah. a car orifice that I that it possesses. I am turning myself into. A Matrix-like human. Now it is not a Toyota Matrix, with... Justin. It is a big, no, beautiful don't. Buick Enclave. 
Right. That's a good point. Thank you. So this is like in Lawnmower Man, except instead of connecting yourself to a lawnmower, you're connecting yourself to a car. Yeah. It's not a lawnmower. It's a beautiful I know. Listen, I know. 2020 Buick Enclave. Now, what if your children asked to get in the Buick with you? Oh, there's a whole delousing process. That it's like the Andromeda strain. They have to walk through a sort of um, antiseptic goo. They yeah. wade through that. Because um, um, I, I will say about this about the Buick Enclave, the interior stains like hysterically easily. <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I sneezed in there, and there's been a sort of beige spot on the passenger seat that I just can't, I just cannot get rid of. And you now know listen, what? Listen, my kids happen, are going to have, if my kids want to sit in my big, beautiful Buick Enclave, they're going to have lots of options. There's three roads of first-class seating sure, in this sure. back Wow. Yeah, with a chest, got that chestnut interior. And, oh, uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, really yeah. nice. It's a beautiful, I mean, they have so many options, except the option to come into the car and sit in it. Yeah. In da- he, they can't sit in daddy's new wife, is I guess what I'm oh, saying. Okay. But you... wife is so reductive. Uh-huh. Yes. Because it's also like my father. And it's uh, also like yourself. This car is everything to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what you can't get with a Buick Enclave? What? Within six feet of me. That's what I'm saying. Oh. I don't get out of the Enclave. Okay. Oh, I see. Uh, we, it's a, it's we, a large it's a large vehicle. I think. Once you do. the dining room is reopened at McDonald's, I'm just going to drive my enclave <laughs> straight into it. This is probably a bad time to mention this, but this week's episode. There's no is, bad time in my Buick Enclave. Time has no meaning. This got a uh, let me uh, let me open the sunroof so I can use the included sundial to tell what time it is, and then I'll tell you if it's a bad time for this. This week's episode is sponsored by Ford. Wow, that is uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, oh. I guess we better start. Well, anyway, I've got this new uh, 2016 Ford Explorer. That's really, it's, it makes me want to barf saying good things it. about Ford. It makes I can't me, do it. I really want to do a, I really want to throw up. The 2019 Ford Fiesta. Do not throw up in the Buick. No, I would never. It's got this. I can't, guys. I can't stop talking about my beautiful car. It's yeah, got no. a three point six LV six SIDI with VVT. Whoa! Whoa. I'm, I'm. I don't want to tell tales out of school, and maybe I'll have to cut this out. But I feel like if the if your big beautiful Buick Enclave, oh boy, drove, even you saying it is makes me happy and sad. Cause it, get it out your mouth. Yeah. The the if it drove right at a 2019 Ford Fiesta, in a parking lot even, you're backing up, you're not looking where you're going, you're gonna crunch one of these like a Bigfoot monster car. Yep. Uh, so this is a, this thing's a tin can, it won't protect your family like the Buick Enclave. The Buick Enclave will die for you and your family. <laughs> the Buick Enclave, I'm talking about 0% APR for 84 months, guys, yeah, these deals are wild. That's a steal, Justin, you're basically taking the Buick from the dealership at that point. And Justin, tell me about the curves and what they do, how they satisfy you. The curves. Oh the boy, they got, you can get a personalized look. They got enhanced what? functionality and utility. <laughs> There's assist steps if you want to go that route. No way. They got <sighs> universal tablet holders to rear seat entertainment, all kinds of get great out. options to keep the kids occupied. Not that my kids are allowed in it. Right. I don't. 
I listen. I don't want to burn myself out talking about the Buick because listen, we have a lot of weeks of us talking about the Buick ahead of they us. They got listen. You buy accessories for this thing online, mm-hmm. you're gonna get free ground shipping. You know why? Because everybody at Buick loves driving around the Buick so much, they take it as a as a delight, as a treat to drive to West Virginia to hand deliver it. Because that's more time they get in the Buick. I do say I will say I know I just set sponsored the idea of moving on, but I will say I love it when you buy a Buick at the Buick dealership, and every time you do, everybody celebrates because yeah. they know how happy the Buick is going to make you because it makes them so fucking happy too. They said they get. I had a Briss mm-hmm. the oh. first time, a traditional Briss. Uh huh. The first time that I bought a Buick, and then when I came back three weeks later for another Buick, they said it's time for another Briss. Now wait, hold and on. I said I don't know how we're gonna do it twice that's i'm i want the buick for sure they said okay so you do want the buick you can't have a buick without the bris that's what i that's what i have been told you Worth just kind of dropped the piece of information justin do you own two big beautiful buick enclaves it two two in the east wing yes oh, okay. there are two east wing buicks because one was lonely Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. <laughs> and I, I am buying them a son. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, a third a, one. A Buick son. Yeah. That yes, it is their adopted son. They sadly cannot reproduce independently. I have yeah. to buy a new Buick to suit their needs. So I guess just like I'm fucking disappointed in you for saying you didn't own a Buick. Like, how could you even joke about shit like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, there's nothing funny about Buicks, as we've proven. I I just uh I just love this big, big car. So this is an advice show, uh, and we help people. And here's our first question, brothers. I am 25 years old. I have a college degree, and I have never eaten a pickle. I haven't been actively avoiding pickles. I've just never gotten the urge to chow down on one of those tiny, crunchy guys. At this point, I want my first pickle experience to be something special. Oh. How should I spend it to make my first real picking pickle eating experience something to remember? Keep in mind, I'm allergic to peanuts, tree nuts, gluten, milk, and bees. I mean, the good news, Jimbles, Jimbles. Uh, the good news is that none of those things are traditional pickle components. Oh, wait, they say bees. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Shit. Now, I'm glad they got out ahead of those allergies because my first suggestion was obviously going to be a milk dipped pickle. Yeah. Because that is <laughs> covered in nuts. Cover it. Cover it in, yeah. in nuts. Now, um, here's, here's, this is a good, okay. 25, right? 25 years of built up pickle energy. Yeah. You don't want to just like pop open the, the like jar, sit down at your coffee table by yourself, crunch into a Vlasic. And then just like I don't know, doing nothing, it, right? It like, could what? kill you. It could kill you. It could actually kill well, you. Well, yes. You did that. But I'm saying, like, is that really what you've been waiting 25 years to do, or is it like we we've built this moment is 25 years in the making? Yeah. Yeah. How sure. are we going to make sure that you set it apart? Because listen, after this, when you have your second pickle, that can be nothing, right? Your second pickle can be like, oh, it was on the burger and I didn't even notice. But your first pickle. That's special. Can we? That's cool. I want. I want to raise a red flag on this one, just to sort of get it out there. 
you're allergic to peanuts, tree nuts, gluten, milk, and bees. Mm -hmm. Are you real, real sure you're not allergic to pickles? Yeah. Like, how confident are you that you're not allergic to also pickles? See, I, mean, I was going to say know. that you might not like them, but your point is way better. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, you won't like them. They're foul, but. Whoa. Sorry. Last episode, we talked a lot of mad shit about vegetables, and I was willing to let that slide. But pickles are great. Now, not ooh, not whatever those sweet pieces of shit are, but a nice dill, a nice crunchy dill. Oh, that's heaven, my friends. I think one thing you could do. Griffin, settle it. Make a ruling that we all have to abide by. About whether or not pickles are good? Yeah. I like a little pickle. A bit like when I get served like a whole fucking pickle spear with my sandwich, I'm like, this is wasteful. I just want like a bite of pickle. Okay, as an okay. As Let's, an okay, stop the show. Stop the show. I okay. need to talk about this. All right. Oh, I stopped Isn't my recording. it weird as you get to be an adult, there you learn about this secret class of food <laughs> and it is between foods that you like to eat and foods that you don't like to eat, right? There's this weird subclass where it's like, I can eat a bit of this food, <laughs> but too much of this food, and I don't like it anymore. Right. That's wild, but I get it, right? Like, uh, I feel that way. You know what I feel that way about mayonnaise? If 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 there's a, a thin kiss of mayonnaise, right. I do enjoy the I little bit of- I go crazy for it, yeah. The wetness, <laughs> crazy for it. But if somebody just slops it on there, I, I, it starts to make you wonder, like, maybe I don't like mayonnaise because it's very present and very assertive in this sandwich. Um, that is I that like is one of the hardest things about getting my toddler to eat is she's like, oh, I don't think I like this. And I'm like, oh, what I want to say is like, that's fair. <laughs> but like, okay, yeah, that's sure. Yeah, sure. You're a human being with thoughts and feelings all your own. And it's uh, it's okay if you don't uh, say enjoy, I don't know, celery. That's fine. It is weird. It's weird. I feel, I always feel compelled to give my kid a pass on like, Charlie wouldn't eat cooked carrots a few nights ago. And I, she was like, do I have to eat these? I was like, absolutely not. They're foul. They're gross. They're so, They're so gross. I like a cooked mushy. carrot. I, did, I don't care, Travis. You're not her father, <laughs> as I have to tell you weekly. I, I don't care how you feel about cooked carrots. I'm just saying. Um, I want to pitch this. And this is actually, this is a pretty good blanket solution to a lot of, um, I don't like food. I don't like X food or drink questions that we get. And it's you get Not a, that this is one of those, but go on. That's kind of one of those. It's they don't they they're pretty sure they don't like them, or else they would have eaten them at this point. They're afraid of pickles, so like, let's start there and move on. Uh, you get a big jar of pickles and just uh -huh. that, and you go out bouldering in the lovely picturesque canyons of of Utah State, and then you have an accident and fall in a ravine and get your arm trapped by a very heavy rock that you can't move or free yourself from the situation. And you're gonna spend some time there. I'm going to say slightly more than 120 hours. And okay. in you, what's that in your pack? It's, it is the big jar of pickles. And after a while, like you are good, you and that jar of pickles are going to be fucking road dogs. Do you think if Aaron Ralston had a big jar of pickles and didn't like pickles and was trapped in that fateful canyon, he would be like, oh, but I don't like these pickles. And he would smash them to the ground? Probably not. He would so probably wait, get Griffin, their nutrients and like them. What you're saying is <laughs> you cannot say you don't like a food if you would eat it rather than starve to death? 
Um, no, I'm not. I, I'm not putting labels on it. I'm saying this is a good way. And then you get saved by the park ranger, or uh, you you do remove your arm with like a credit card or whatever the fuck. Um, and then you you will be so grateful to pickles. Pickles will now be your 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 favorite food. Five years from now, we get an email like, "Hey, I can't stop eating pickles. They saved my life in the the picturesque canyons of Utah State." Um, and that by the way, did be... you guys did you guys know if you Google 120 something hours to figure out the name of the movie, you also you will find out it's 127 hours, and you will see the top Google question, which is is Aaron Ralston's arm still there, which is so <laughs> cool. I love that. I love the idea of park rangers like one of them like they're just like two of them standing under a ravine looking up at this arm, just like ah fuck, I don't know. Take your hat off. Can I throw your hat up at it? Nope, that didn't work. Shit. Yeah. Do you think at a, a hour 126, he started to get sentimental? Like, I'm going to miss this. This hasn't been fun through a lot of it, but <laughs> I can't believe I've only got one hour left of this. Because <laughs> he knew. He knew. He got trapped in there, and within seconds, he was like, in 127 <laughs> hours. <laughs> The timer starts now. <laughs> I'm, I'm cutting my way out of here. I want. I want and you know, if he it. had made it to 128, he would have won that boulder. I I want to dig into. I haven't been actively avoiding pickles. I've just never gotten the urge to chow down one of these tiny crunchy guys. I feel like pickles more than. I mean, literally any food. Pickles are the food that are like I open something, getting ready to enjoy it, and a pickle's like. I'm here too. Oh yeah, everyone. <laughs> I've already, uh, I already got your sandwich a little moistened. Come on in. <laughs> the water is fine. Like the pickle is. I cannot tell you. I, there are so few foods that I can't think of actually any others where like you get a food and it's coming to you and then you open it and then a pickle is like I have I have also joined. I have come along for the adventure of my lifetime. It it is like every restaurant when they were opening like every accidentally ordered some pickles. That's what I always think when someone like brings you your sandwich and chips and a pickle. It's like okay, but this wasn't listed. In the like in uh, the yes. menu, it wasn't like it comes with a random pick. I I see your the plate has chips. You would not want to forget me. I'd love to install in some of those beauties. <laughs> there's just there's just no way that you haven't had a pickle confronting you. Where right. you're just like, I don't know what to do with this. Is it possible this weird salty garnish? You don't know what a pickle is, and you've eaten oh. a pickle on a sandwich. But you didn't know, you were just like, that's just wet cucumber. I'll have that salty cucumber, yes please. <sighs> Maybe they watch that funny Rick and Morty episode and they think that the pickle has to be able to walk and talk and have a face and be funny. And Isn't say that really weird that he's shit. not called Rickle? That's funny too, Trav, fuck. Yeah, I know, right? What a, Get that what a, permanent tone. What a generous concept, Pickle Rick. Can I do a Yahoo? Yeah, I just do want to say there's no fucking chance that Pickle Rick is not in the new Tony Hawk remake. Just a hundred percent out there right there right now. Yeah. Definitely happening. You think playable uh, here, character or oh, oh yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah, for yeah, sure. Or like an yeah, NPC sure, you get a quest from or I've never for played sure, Tony Tony Hawk. Pickle Rick, Baby Yoda, um <laughs> I don't know who else. Jared Jessica. Jared fucking Jared Kushner. Jared um Kushner's in there, he's playable. <laughs> and he's smoking weed and that's like the thing, you know, because uh, bad all the tricks. Fucking Billy Crystal. 
He's doing crystal meth. Uh, Graham Roebuck sent this question in. Thank you, Graham. It's Yahoo Answers user Savannah who asks, and this is a good question. How do surgeons remember each step during surgery? Thank you. <laughs> How do they remember each step when they perform a surgery? Updated one day ago. But sometimes your brain can forget things and you can't always remember everything. Really Y'all, walking us through the concept of the question there, but taking our hand. I appreciate that. In the last two weeks, I have mm. baked six loaves of sourdough. Yeah. And each time I have had to check the steps of the recipe. It's fucking samesies with literally everything I cook. I have cooked a uh, curry out of a box probably close to a hundred times at this point in my life. Every time still though, I get out that box like, how much water you put in it? I should, I, I know it, but I'm so afraid to ruin dinner. And this is like ruining a pancreas or something, like a human pancreas. Now, Trav, you said you make six loaves of bread and you still have to look at the recipe. Correct. If a surgeon told me, this is the sixth one of these I've done, I don't need to look at anything. That wouldn't <laughs> fill me. Six is not like a lot, okay, if but you think about it. Just in counterpoint, if you go in, and like before you go in, the, the surgeon's like, I do need to set up a little like music stand here with some step-by-steps on it. I don't think you'd be like, cool, cool, let's do this, doc. Yeah, man, awesome, cool. That's why they have the fucking earpiece in. What? what? You never notice that? They got an earpiece, every surgeon has, and they got a, there's a boss surgeon <laughs> telling them the different things they have to do, and occasionally ribald jokes. <laughs> Oh my God. And the mood is dour. Uh, Here's the right, problem. Do- Justin's married to a doctor. I have no idea if this is true no or not. Yeah. All right, Dr. Bibbin, it's me, your favorite uh, uh, supporter. Sorry, Dr. Bibbin. Dr. Bibbin, and I'm here uh, on support. And this time I thought I would deliver the steps to you in the form of a very fun rap that I have written. <laughs> um, so it goes a little something like this. Tracheotomy, not a lobotomy. Cut that throat and cross the moat. That's what I call the river of blood. <laughs> if you've made a river of blood, clean it up. Get it out. They've died. <laughs> oh, I skipped a step. <laughs> oh, no. That, there has to be a moment, right? If, even if it's like your 300th time performing that surgery, that maybe you're like, it's like after you've driven a route a lot of times where like suddenly you're just home and you're like, I, huh. Like, Absolutely not. I hope to fuck you wrong. I hope to fuck you wrong. <laughs> you know, I know what you're saying, Travis, and like point taken, but I absolutely hope you are 100% incorrect. I guarantee that I, the last thing I need is the dude's like, hey, I know this gallbladder's giving you problems, but I'm putting this bitch on cruise control. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? There has to come a point where like it's an hour later and they're like, I did that one thing, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I did, de- yeah, I definitely I did. Just, it's a terrible picture you painted, Travis. If I was a doctor, if I have to drill a hole in my house, in the wall uh-huh. of a house to like put in a drywall anchor or something like that, I check my shit a yeah. hundred, like I will have marked it with a pencil and have the drill bit up against it and stop and be like, let me just do the stud finder. Let me just check this again. Let me check this again. Because once I put this hole in my wall, that is going to be a hard thing to undo. I'm imagining me with scalpel on somebody's like arm or whatever, just like, and it is this arm, right? 
They wanted it on arm. There's something bad with arm. Okay. That is, imagine waking up. You were like you were put under for a gallbladder surgery, and now you're waking up from the anesthesia, and you're like, "How did it go?" And the doctor's like, "You know, I didn't do it. I think I just need a little more time to get ready to just get in the right headspace. We're gonna do it tomorrow." I fucking chickened out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got in there and everything was so wet and red. Yeah, it was. I gross. just bailed. I had I'm a, sorry. I had a tutorial up on the YouTube, but our internet's being so weird today. <laughs> it was really laggy, and I was so. And then I got a pop up for like how to make the best pesto, and I was like, I do want to find out about pesto. And one thing led to another, and I went down a deep rabbit hole. And now you're awake. Oh, let me sew you up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh shit, shit, shit. No, but they can't get mad at you. It's like, you, wait, you didn't know how to take out a gallbladder, and it's like, well, I sure as fuck knew better than like you would have done it at yeah. home. Yeah, like it's definitely better than that. This I is did a better th- job than you would have done. It's a thing that, like, at some point, you are some surgeon's, let's say, third patient. Not their first, because, like, that's scary right there. But they've practiced. They've done this. They had, like, their every surgeon has to have their first time without training wheels, right? Yeah, sure. Sure, I guess. But anyways, trust doctors. That is very trust important. Trust doctors, it's, it is important, but there has to be a first time, right? Uh, here's here's but, a fix. No, for, but we the, can... F- I, I want to talk about this. Okay. The, the first time... I think basically the way it works is like this. You have a big doctor and there's a little doctor. Uh-huh. Right. And at first, the little doctor is like standing on the big doctor's feet uh-huh. and the big doctor's holding their hands and doing all the cutting for them, right? Cool, yeah. And then they keep doing surgery after surgery and then um, th- then just one time they like look behind them and they realize that the big doctor is now um, in the bathroom. Now they're, they're the like, big doctor. S- they slipped away in the night. They're dead? You're the doctor now. They were never alive. Oh, they were actually oh, shit. in this one. In this one, they were a ghost. Holy but like, that's shit. a basic idea. It's basically like a the like a, the bicycle, like learning to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. Like the big doctor is holding your waist, and then you uh, are doing the entire surgery, and you realize like they let go already, and you're just like still doing it. But, but if you're not ready, then you just kind of scalpel, just rip. Whoa, whoa, I can't do it. And then you yeah. fast forward to the big doctor walking the little doctor down the aisle and giving them oh. away at their wedding and then their first dance. And once again, the little doctor stands on the big doctor's feet. Oh my God. And they dance. It's, oh, it's that's lovely. good. Yeah. Let me hit you guys with this solution to this problem that this Yahoo Answers user has pointed out for us. I think doctors probably forget the steps of surgeries all the time and need cue cards or whatever. Um, sure. And I think one way around that is if each procedure that could be done had just the one doctor that could do it and they're the only they're the only one so like if you need your tonsils out they would call dr tonsil dr tonsils and yeah. doctor and it's weird that it's a it's a weird coincidence that that was doctor's name but she would just roll up and be like hello i'm dr tonsils i know i look like miss frizzle but let's get those bad boys out i've done this 659,000 times i have a big sack full of tonsils that i carry <laughs> around with me if your heart if you have a heart attack it'll be like uh oh call doctor heart attack and he would roll up and be like i do the heart heart attack surgery i think that this is why you have uh, n- to be unfunny for a moment, highly trained like nurses and other doctors in the room, so that when you skip maybe step six and seven, there's somebody going, "Hey, uh, 
you're gonna tie that off, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you probably you were going to. You definitely were going to. I just wanted to say it. You're gonna tie that off, right? Uh, 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 benefit of the doubt. Listen, we're not doctors. We have to make our money the honest way around here. We can't rely on. I consider myself a bit of a podcast doctor. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, you handed me a business card here. Yep, that's what it says. <laughs> podcast doctor. Yep. That's a little bizarre. For a while it said Dr. Podcast, but that was misleading. I'm, I'm something of a joke surgeon, aren't I? Mm-hmm. I get in there with my with my precision and my scalpel. Justin, anything uh, you'd like to add? Justin, any yes, sort of I'd funny like to, joke? I'd like to say this. Uh, let's go to the money. Then. I'm a comedy anesthesiologist because my jokes put people to sleep. Hey, that's good, Trav. I mean, it's not. I wish they didn't. It wasn't something I was aiming for. <sighs> I want to tell you about Stamps.com. Can you get a little bit of enthusiasm? I want to tell you about Stamps.com. This. No, this, this is cool. Do the whole thing like this. For all our sakes, we need to avoid crowds. Who's and this? He, this is the guy who loves Stamps.com. Come up with a name. His name uh, is Roger. Don't say Dr. Stamps. Roger. Yeah. Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No relation. Spelled different. R-A-B-E-T. Rabbit. And Roger is spelled... This ad sucks. Okay. (laughs) Okay, listen. We need to avoid crowds. Listen. Listen to me. Listen to me. Are you listening? We need to avoid crowds at all costs. Any way we can right now. But what if you need to go to the post office? What if you need postage to send out a letter and package? Don't worry. Stamps.com is here to help. I'm smuggling this message out to you so that you know that Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your own home, office, or anywhere else you are hunkering down right now. Use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. The government doesn't want you to know this, but you can do it with Stamps.com. Once your mail is ready, You just leave it for your mail carrier or whoever your runner is. If you have like carrier pigeons, whatever, schedule a free package pickup or drop it in a mailbox. No human contact required. It's that simple. With stamps.com, you get great discounts too. It's five cents off every first class stamp and up to 62% off shipping rates. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitments. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in my brother, all one word. That's stamps.com, enter my brother. Stay safe, my friends. What'd you guys think? Good, man. Good, man. You got the job. Got me fucking hyphy. Uh, I want to tell you about Stitch Fix. It's a box of clothes that will come to your house, uh, and you're going to work with a a personal stylist who is real, and you're going to tell them what looks good on you, what kind of uh, shapes you are. Hey, Griffin, Uh, can I give you just a quick note? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like my, okay, for my ad, like I created kind of like a rich fiction Sure. Of like sure, this, yeah. what the situation was, kind of what my character was. Like you could well, picture it, me it, like in a foxhole. But that's your thing. Like the reason people like me and what I bring to the show is that like my guy like doesn't give a fuck. And people like oh, like could you people, play that up then? I'm saying there's like a, a type of overachiever that like really goes for the type of vibe that you're laying down. But then there's a bunch yeah. of like kind of cool like slacker, uh, like stoner, fucking skeezy. I think Weirdo. you could slack more then. Could you that give just, me a little more slack, please? Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll start over. <laughs> oh, 
clothes. I get it. But Stitch Fix is great for this. They, you, you're going to tell a website what kind of shapes you are. Ugh. No, it's cool. It's whatever. And then a personal stylist. And that, that sounds so like grown up. I get it. But it's, trust me, it's cash. They're going to set you up nice colors, styles, budget, and a $20 styling fee. But it's credited towards anything you keep. Anyway, there's no subscription required, which is cool because we hate subscriptions, don't we? And they have shipping and returns. So you can get started today. <laughs> so you can, the shipping and returns and exchanges are easy and free, like everything should be. Listen, because I'm going to get real now. You need to get started today at stitchfix.com slash Let me hold your shoes. And you will get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. You didn't just say 25%. I'll tell you you're fucking lying. Nah, I'm not going to say psych on this one. Oh. Go to stitchfix.com slash my brother for 25% off when you keep say everything psych. in your fix. Fam, it's just one URL. You got this in you. Stitchfix.com slash my brother. Oh, we all use it. And that Love we it. all, I might say, we all I'm have wa- personal experience with Stitch Fix. I'm wearing Stitch Fix pants right now. Wow. And I'm wearing Travis's Stitch Fix pants also. What? I'm in his pocket. Oh, hey. Hey. What's up? I'm also wearing your pants. Cool. Hey, Max Funsters. It's Jesse Thorne. This week on my public radio interview show, Bullseye, I'm talking with Tina Fey and Robert Carlock about creating Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, 30 Rock, and also just kind of why they're the best at everything. There was a window of time when we just to go to awards things and pick up our prizes and party with the people from Mad Men. You can find Bullseye at MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Huh? I'm coming to you live. Open your pocket. Okay. I want a munch. I want to munch. Welcome to Munch Squad. It's podcast within a podcast. Within a pocket. Within a pocket. This is a throwback Munch Squad, which is a uh, podcast mini series within a podcast within a podcast, uh, where we talk about the the real latest uh, because they are uh, uh, they're very old. They're very old ads because no one is making new food anymore, and the ones that are are depressing mm-hmm. and not funny anymore. They used to be very funny. Fast food chains, kids don't remember, but fast food chains used to do silly things mm-hmm. and now they just do boring things. Like if I go to one of my old sources, here's the one of the one of the headers. Brewster's real ice cream adds sweet and salty treats to menus, right? That seems fine. Very first sentence of this press release is with the effects of coronavirus, COVID-19 still top of mind, creating new routines and traditions can be restorative. 
Hey, okay. are you just selling ice cream? Or are you because pr- I think you need to calm down. I'm trying to have fun over here with the Munch Squad. Yeah. So we are gonna head on back, get in the Wayback Machine, April sixteenth, two thousand and one. This is from Oliver, and I very much appreciate it. Arby's has appetite for adults. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, no. This, one, this is maybe the sexiest Munch Squad we've ever done, so hang in there with me. With its adult positioning now established, Bye. Arby's is testing an advertising approach designed for mature audiences. <laughs> The quick service chain is once again tapping the star power of R&B crooner Barry White. Only this time as a new character the company refers to as Appetite Man. (laughs) Shit, yeah. Aimed at touting the crave appeal of the chain's menu... Arby's created a, the, see these days we say craveability. Right. That's how far we've come in these 19 years. Arby's created a character it thought would represent how quote passionate, seductive, and discriminating a person's appetite might be. I know what you're saying. Is this the same person that's driving into Arby's? And the answer is yes, it is. <laughs> the appetite urges you to act on your real desires and not settle for ordinary fast food because your appetite wants the best. They don't finish the sentence, but I'm assuming it ends with thing that is available at Arby's. (laughs) The best thing that they have on the menu of Arby's. So what better personification of what the company refers to as, quote, passion, love, and seduction than Mr. White? The singer was also a natural choice since the company already had good results using him in its 99 campaign. This is fucking so wild that someone's like three years after the fact, like, can we try Barry White again? And this time we call him Appetite Man. And that person got promoted. So is the is the idea that you watch it and his singing makes you horny, but because you're watching an Arby's commercial... It's kind of a coin flip of whether you oh. will feel like wanting to have sex with a human being or wanting mm-hmm. to go eat a beef and cheddar max. Or both. Actually, in this, in this specific um, situation, I have uh, the only... They describe what the ads they're making for test markets are, right? Okay. And these are... There's only one actual ad that they made uh, with Appetite Man that I could actually find. Uh So we're going to take 30 seconds to listen to that, and then I'm going to describe the other wild ones that they had in store. So here's this first. This is your appetite talking, and this is a tasty alert. You're not going to believe this, baby. Right now, five Arby's roast beefs are just $5.95. Oh, that slow roasted beef. So tender, so juicy. And those sauces. That's what you want, baby. Get five Arby's regular roast beef sandwiches for just $5.95, but not for long. If you want the tasty, you got to be hasty. Give in to your grown-up taste. That's cool. I think that it is nice to know that for under $6, I could potentially permanently halt my entire gastrointestinal process for the rest of my life. Five Arby's, five of those bad boys. Five is, and you're hey, done. Barry, five is so it's, many. Oh my gosh, it's a lot. 
And there is no point in that commercial where he's like, and share them with a friend. <laughs> like, it's just for me, I think, the, to eat these five sandwiches. If I put five of them in me, the organs inside me that make the poop happen would look at each other like, that's we're, that, that's it. In the commercials, the soul singer invades people's lives with a Pavlovian timing to personify their hunger pangs, first as a voice, then appearing in miniature in the amazed person's stomach. This is so fucking unfair that I don't have the, it's so, quote, there's a little berry in all of us, says Scott Lippett, exec VP group account director on Arby's. In one spot, a man is driving his wife, obviously in labor, to the hospital. Huh. Suddenly, he hears Mr. White say, hey, baby, we're in the mood for something tasty. Huh? The expectant father looks down at his stomach and sees Mr. White, who says, this is your appetite, baby. You got to give in to love. Huh. The dad-to-be now asks, but do we have time? The appetite man has the answer, drive through. The spot huh. closes with the wife driving while the husband eats. Wow. Oh, wow. Do you know how wild it is that in this spot, there's a man whose wife is in the passenger seat with a small baby in her stomach, and then this man discovers that a small Barry White lives in his stomach? How is that? How is that played out? Do you think when he looks... The fate, like, is it just CGI'd in, or is it like Barry White's face is the stomach? It's practical. White. I bet it's Barry White in a diaper, just like a big baby Barry White. Ooh, I think- a second effort takes a direct shot at McDonald's, Ooh. where Mr. White asks, which is very good. Mr. White asks, "Hey, baby, why are you eating that clown food?" Oh, wow! Oh, yeah, get him! Sick burn, dog. So, uh, Appetite Man is is a campaign that I'm guessing they just chicken out on because everything's on YouTube and this is not. So, uh, that seems unfair to me personally. So, I don't think they ever actually went will, through with it. Will you read the first line of the presser again? Sure, bud. I'm happy to. With its adult positioning now established. By what? Like, what? What the fuck did they do? Did they establish their adult positioning with the headline of this press release? Or were they doing, or they like sexing it up a Whoa, little actually, bit? Actually, let's drill down on this for a second. Yeah. <laughs> with its adult positioning now established, Arby's is testing an advertising approach designed for mature audiences. So what? what is happening? Are you saying that adults love it so much that we're just going to make sexy ads for adults now well is that the way it works if i may take it one step further and go before the comment was there a time where people were like arby's that's only for kids that's kid that's a a three-quarter pound pile of meat that's just for kids Arby's is for kids uh, (laughs) that's kids stuff what kind of grown adult would eat arby's us us grown-ups like thick slices of beef These tissue paper thin. Give me a slab. What are you talking about? I want a fast food restaurant that sells cigarettes. My five-year-old nephew Gorfus loves Jamocha shakes. (laughs) Those curly fries? Too whimsical. They put them around their fingers. That's why they make them curly so fucking kids can do that. I want adult food for a man. Give me some horny food. (laughs) I have horny adult food cravings. And Arby's, with its thin slices of meat, can't satisfy it. 
I have a dark passenger that craves them meaty slabs that I can really bite into. Fucking mott sticks? They might as well be pacifiers for babies. Because I'm an adult and I don't eat that kind of shit. Now, what's this? Barry White likes it? Well, mm. hold on now. <laughs> hold on. If my favorite singer... <laughs> If my favorite singer in 2001, Barry White, likes Arby's, maybe he wouldn't throw in with some fucking kid food. No. This is food for grown I adults. trust him. He knows sex. This is a sex. passion project by Mr. White. Emphasis on the passion. I There's lots of places to fuck this sandwich. <laughs> Look at it. Put it anywhere. Um, Barry, that I was a stick to the copy, Barry. <laughs> Listen, when you stack up this many slices of delicious roast beef, the odds are somewhere on it, it will look like genitalia. <laughs> All right, Barry, if you could just read, it's the guy's oh, driving his wife to- I got one of the sesame seeds from the buns right in my pee hole. If that's not sexy, <laughs> baby, I don't know. Slather it up. Is. Slather that up in horsey sauce. And oh, nope, the tanginess of the sauce does not feel good no mr white let please me, it just says let, drive let through me, baby let me rub your feet in all jus oh, oh, okay <laughs> now you're actually doing that to me um oh, yeah baby mr white i am sexual very arby's. comfortable sexy arby's food um arby's is still for adults <laughs> and kids alike and i really appreciate them sponsoring this episode, it's a co-branded episode between them and Buick. We only have no, we couldn't get Buick. We got couldn't get Buick. Forward. I would fucking put a stick of dynamite in my car and blow it up and never have it again to eat one beef and cheddar right now. I'm looking at a picture. I'm confronting an enormous picture of one right now. I have a cheap Kill Bill replica sword my friend got me at an anime convention a few years ago, but due to neglect slash terrible craftsmanship, it has started to fall apart. It's not sharp, but it is a real sword. Are swords recyclable? Is there something better I can do with it? That's from Katana Katie. Woof! Uh, what kind of maintenance is one supposed to be doing to the Kill Bill sword that their friend got them? Because I have- Sword oil. Oh, I have not been doing that. <clears throat> Um, That's one thing you learn about being an adult is that almost everything that you take, like anytime you start Googling about how to, almost every adult thing requires some sort of regular oil and lubrication that nobody's doing. Young. Yeah. Um, there's a really narrow window in your life where having a sword, being allowed to have a sword and wanting to have a sword are happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. because sure, yes. it, it, for, when you're young of course we all wanted swords i would ask we would go to anime conventions uh by which i mean <coughs> almost exclusively mid ohio con every year with our dad and i would say father father will you buy me one of these big cool swords and most of the time the answer was no until i was old enough to get a sword and he got me a, a replica buster sword from Final Fantasy, which was unwieldy and difficult to use. And But then I did get high once and chop a watermelon with it and forget <laughs> to clean it. 
I forgot so about that. It got sticky and rusty and bad, but then also <laughs> I didn't want swords anymore. So I, I threw that in the garbage can. Like, I threw it in a dumpster. The answer is the only way to throw away a sword is a dumpster, illegally dumping a I sword. I would worry right in that there. if that happened, someone might find it and use it in a murder. Oh. And, and there's my prince all over it. All over it. And your watermelon. And my wa- I would say you would have to melt it in some kind of ceremonial fire that's cool uh, and and then maybe forge a new sword for your children mm-hmm. so that they can carry on your you know wandering warrior ways i know people are probably wondering was it the coolest fucking thing you've ever seen when you cut a watermelon all up with a buster sword and the answer is yes it's unimaginable we did it indoors in a kitchen it was so fucking rad and the best thing i'll ever do in my whole life and it's bad to have peaked at like 20 is it advisable griffin like if somebody right now is eyeballing that watermelon they got from the store and their buster sword replica i mean would you recommend that they do it this was my, I want to say sophomore year of college, which means I was terribly high. There was no part of this that was good. You hear me You hear me say, I cut up a watermelon in a big Omni Slash in our kitchen with a, a replica, a very, very heavy buster sword. And you think, well, that's only the kind of thing that a very high person would do. And then you think, uh-oh, but they shouldn't be. How many people were around you, Griffin? Everyone was around me. I'm not. I knew it was a one-time thing. <laughs> Everyone I I was gonna... around you. Okay. Yeah, they were supporting me. They all had a hand on me as I did it, channeling <laughs> their energy into me. Melt it down is a good one, and you can turn it into something like weak, and then, then you're fine with about the murder part of things. That's fair. Uh, just take it to Goodwill and be like, "Y'all want a sword?" They probably will say yes. Fuck yeah, yeah, we'll take it. Take a sword. Should you have a garage sale. <laughs> And it's just a folding table with one sword <laughs> on When someone goes to buy it, you're like, oh, I can't I can't just sell that this I to can't you. Sell. You have to yeah. prove yourself. It's <laughs> so worthy. Let me get the owner. So, uh, and by the way, they're yelling this at you from six feet away. So you just sort of arrange this so people could come and look at your sword? Well, prove yeah, you're I'm charging, worthy. I'm charging a mission, by the way. You owe me $15. Now, the, the stuff for sale is in the garage, but you got to get past me first. <laughs> Go get your sword. Go home and get your sword. We'll cross blades. Oh shit! Got... Is yours a real Atori Hanzo? Fuck. Yeah, it is. I got some cool VHSs in there that are going for a fucking song, man. But you do have to duel me right here from six feet away, which is going to be tough, man. One v one. Go me, bro. outside. Go outside of your yard. Uh-huh. Get a big fake rock. Okay. Jam the sword down into the big fake rock. Now, are you just assuming that in my yard? There are big fake rocks. Yeah, no, Travis. You buy a big fake rock. Oh, okay. Why would there be a, if it's in your yard it's a real rock. Yes, that's what I was going to say. A big fake rock. You jam the sword into the big fake rock. You wait for people to pass by. Mm-hmm. They see a sword in a big fake rock. Of course. Just human nature. You have to try to see if you're the one. Yeah. So they go to remove the blade from the rock, and guess what they've discovered? Uh, just a moment too late. Oh, no. Just at the wrong moment. One second too late. You've fallen in my trap, and you've touched the jelly I put oh, all over the oh, sword oh, handle. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Oh, now you're like, what do you have on your hands? 
Uh, excuse me, I'm going to sue you. I have jelly all over my hands. Why do you have jelly on your hands? Is it trying to take the sword out of the stone? Well, that's fucking idiotic. <laughs> You're the idiot. That's You got jelly on your hands. You wear that. You own it. That's my stupid sword. idiot. It's in my yard. It's, it's my sword. You don't have the right to take a sword that's mine on my Would property. Would you just walk up and try to take my bird bath to see if you're the one? No. I, I bought this house to try to give myself time to get strong enough to pull the sword out of the stone. And you think you're just going to walk up here and take it? That's why you have a jelly. That's why there's little bees all over you right now. They're, they're swimming around your hands waiting for the moment to strike. Now, do you want delicious that sword? jelly? Because I will sell it to you. <laughs> Now you've bought it and your prints are all over. No, no you know what? I, I'll say this. Go ahead and try again. And if you can pull it out, you're right. You got jellied again. Why? You fell you, for it. You knew I there was jelly said. on there. You knew there was jelly. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. We hope you have uh, enjoyed yourself here. We've certainly had fun chatting with you. Um, if you are so inclined, uh, you can head on over to uh, McElroyMerch.com. We've got a T-shirt with our new art on it, T-shirt with our old art on it to protest our new art. We have some fun summer magnets. Mm. And uh, there's still, let me just check, a few left of our 10th anniversary commemorative plate. So you do want to get, get, I can't even. It's tough to even. It is there. I'll just say it's there. I'll just say it's there. I also want to say, if you go to, uh, this is just a little secret between friends, between you and me. If you go to theadventurezonecomic.com, you can pre-order the Adventure Zone graphic novel book, Three Pedals to the Metal. It is, and I'm not just saying this, our best one yet. It is absolutely gorgeous and good, and you will like it, and it is coming out in July, so don't wait. Pre-order it now, theadventurezonecomic.com. Uh, thanks to John Roderick and the Long Winters for the use of our theme song, It's a Departure, off the album Putting the Days to Bed. Uh, great tunes, man. Uh, crank them up over the uh, cooler that uh-huh. you have by yourself at, yep. out, out, outside at a safe place. And thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there, uh, including The Outer Reach, a new uh, narrative uh, podcast, a short, short uh, engagement, limited engagement. Uh, that's, that's really, really slick. And um, yeah, y'all want that final? You know, yes, okay. please. It was sent in by Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. It's from Yahoo Answers user Krabby, who asks, What is the next big ring pop flavor? <laughs> <laughs> my name is Justin McElroy. I'm, I'm Griffin McElroy. This has been my brother, my brother, me. Kiss your dad. Square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.